podcast time. Hey, Jimmy. Jimmy, what time is it? It All Adds Up, the podcast that saves you all the money on all the things. Okay, welcome to the 16th episode of It All Adds Up. I'm Lizzie, and today I'm joined by my brother, John. Aloha. So over the last 15 weeks, we figured out how to save the average U.S. household up to $1,401 per year on their energy and water bills. And today, not only are we finishing up our final episode of our four-episode mini-series on reducing your heating and cooling expenses, but this is also our final episode on reducing the energy and water costs of devices you already have at home. Damn, I'm shocked we've made it this far. In our intro episode, we stated that the average household spends almost $2,900 per year on energy and water bills, and that's about $2,100 for energy and $765 for water. But remember, those numbers are from pre-COVID data. Right. And once we finish up this episode, we will have total annual savings of $1,497. So that's a 52% reduction in your energy and water bills. That's awesome. Can you imagine $1,500 per year back in your pocket just from reducing your energy and water bills? I never thought it would be that high. All right, let's get to it. What's our final topic today? Thermostats. So thermostats can greatly influence your heating and cooling expenses. And remember, these expenses are high, costing the average household over $880 per year in 2015. Oh yeah, I've always wondered if it's cost-effective to adjust my thermostat when I'm not home. And if it is cost-effective, how much should I adjust the thermostat? Because doesn't the heating or cooling system have to work harder by the time I get home if I let the house get too hot or too cold while I'm gone? So in general, the answer is yes, you should adjust your thermostat when you aren't home. As long as the difference in set point temperatures isn't super drastic, I'd say adjusting your thermostat between 7 and 10 degrees when you're away is a good range to stick to. And with a 7 to 10 degree adjustment over an 8 hour period, you reduce your heating and cooling costs by about 10%. So if I usually have my thermostat at 76 degrees over the summer, I would simply increase it to say 84 degrees when I'm at work. Then if I have my thermostat at 68 degrees over the winter, I'd lower it to 60 degrees while I'm at work. And just by those couple of clicks, that's already savings of $88 per year? Damn. Yep, it's that easy. And you can double those savings by adjusting your set point temperature at night while you sleep. So that would be closer to $176 per year in savings. Easiest money I've ever made. Right? And even though these savings are so easy to achieve, about 45% of households set their thermostats at one temperature in the summer and have another single temperature in the winter and leave it at those set points 24-7. It looks like about 25% of all households adjust their thermostats manually at night or when they aren't home, but I imagine that they sometimes forget to do that, so I'm sure the savings aren't as high as they could be. And that's what makes programmable thermostats so convenient. So if you set heating and cooling schedules depending on when you're typically home, on weekdays, and on weekends, you don't have to remember to adjust your thermostat when you aren't home or before you go to bed. Is that the same thing as a smart thermostat, like a Nest or Ecobee? 
Actually, smart thermostats have even greater functionality than just being able to program a schedule. So smart thermostats can learn patterns to minimize your energy bills, and they're usually connected to Wi-Fi and can be controlled from an app on your phone. Oh, the remote control would be so convenient, especially if I forgot to adjust the thermostat before I left the house. Very true. But even if you forget to adjust your thermostat, smart thermostats can use occupancy sensors to know when people are home, and then they can adjust your heating and cooling systems accordingly. Plus, they incorporate weather forecast data to know when the system needs to turn on in order to reach the desired temperature by the time you come home. Oh yeah, so smart thermostats know I'm home based on my program schedule or from the occupancy sensors. But I've also heard they have an optional feature called geofencing that uses my phone location to further assist with system optimization. Yeah, so if you enable geofencing, your thermostat can detect when you're within a certain radius of your home. So if you set your radius to say two miles, once you're within two miles of your house, the thermostat kicks on your cooling or heating systems. But if you're outside of that radius, it sets your thermostat into your away schedule. Ah, okay, so basically geofencing detects when I'm on my way home, so that my heating and cooling systems start to make my home more comfortable for me by the time I arrive. Exactly. And another huge benefit of smart thermostats that can provide major cost savings in the long run is their ability to diagnose malfunctions within your heating and cooling systems and to inform you when you need to perform system maintenance. Oh yeah, that type of insight could save so much money in maintenance and repair costs. And like we learned from the cooling episode, keeping a clean filter can avoid increases in heating and cooling expenses of up to 7% as well. And we also learned from our cooling and heating episodes how to reduce cooling and heating needs. So for example, in the summer, you can wear t-shirts and shorts when you're inside, and in the winter, you can wear heavy clothes and use blankets. So if you reduce your heating and cooling needs, you can set your thermostat schedules to higher temperatures in the summer and colder temperatures in the winter. Exactly. And many smart thermostats provide a daily report of energy expenses you incurred that day. So it's a lot easier to budget for your energy bills instead of waiting until the end of the month to figure out what you owe. Such a helpful feature. And finally, make sure you set your thermostat temperature to the desired endpoint. And here's what I mean by this. So let's say it's summer and you want your house to be cooled to 76 degrees. So you should set your thermostat to 76 degrees and no lower. Some people will set it to a lower temperature like 70 degrees because they think it makes the system work faster. The cooling system will not work faster by setting a lower temperature. If anything, you'll end up paying more because of excessive cooling. So if you're looking to upgrade your thermostat, absolutely make sure it's compatible with your equipment type. For example, heat pumps need certain types of thermostats to ensure that their efficiency is maintained when you change the set point while you're away from home. And some systems have smart thermostats that are specially designed for that system, so you'd probably want to invest in that thermostat as opposed to a mainstream Nest or Ecobee. Right, and this is why we had our episodes on heating and cooling systems before we talked about thermostats, so you can make sure to have the right thermostat for your system. But once you find the right thermostat, make sure you install it on an interior wall away from direct sunlight, windows, and drafts. This will make sure the temperature sensor within the thermostat is accurately recording your house's indoor temperature. And if you want to get super fancy, you can even consider zoning your house. This means you structure your ductwork such that it's carrying air to certain parts of your house at a given time. So for example, our house has all the bedrooms in zone one, and it has all our common areas in zone two. So we have one thermostat in each zone, and the thermostats direct conditioned air to only our bedrooms at night, and then they direct conditioned air only to the common areas while we're awake. 
right, and because we zoned the house, we were able to purchase a smaller capacity heating and cooling system, which was cheaper than a larger capacity one. We can use the smaller capacity units because we are no longer conditioning the entire house all at once. Okay, quick recap. All right, so based on 2015 numbers, the average U.S. household spends $882 per year to condition indoor air, with $609 used for heating and $273 used for cooling. But for homes that have already tightened their building envelope and upgraded their heating and cooling systems, this total heating and cooling expense is probably closer to $636 per year. Damn. Using a programmable thermostat to adjust temperature set points while you're sleeping or away from home can save 20% on heating and cooling expenses. So that's savings of $176 per year for the average home, or savings of $128 per year if you've already upgraded your building envelope and heating and cooling systems. Hell yeah. And you can achieve even further temperature control with the features of smart thermostats, like geofencing, occupancy detection, and remote control. Hell yeah. So again, because heating and cooling costs are so dependent on local factors, we're going to be conservative and estimate 15% savings. But we're confident that many homes can achieve savings of 20% or more with these thermostat recommendations. So after just 16 episodes, we're up to $1,497 in savings. And keep in mind that the savings from this episode depend on the climate in your area, how big your home is, what heating and cooling systems you have, how efficient your systems are, what fuel they use, and the price your utility companies charge for energy. But even if these financial savings can seem small, just remember, it all adds up. And be sure to follow us on social media. Our Instagram handle is It All Adds Up Podcast. Our website is It All Adds Up Podcast.com. And you can find us on Facebook at It All Adds Up The Podcast. And a huge shout out to John for handling all of the audio work for this podcast. Follow his bands by searching Stray Tuesday or Mother of Earl on Spotify and Apple Music. All right. All right. All, all right. All, all, all right. <clears throat> Damn, I can't say words today. Yeah, I don't know how John Oliver does it. 20 minutes straight and no errors. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> <laughs>